Happy Friday, Susie. How are you doing today? Hey, happy Friday. I'm doing well. Excited to have another home game this kind of weekend, extended weekend. How about you? I'm pretty good as well. Um, Yeah, it's Memorial Day weekend, but it's not just any, it's not just a Memorial Day weekend Friday. It's also the start of the 2019 WNBA season. I know. I was watching the end of a couple of games just before we recorded and the first game of the year is just like the first weekend of NWSL where teams look a little rusty, but I'm so pumped to have the WNBA back. Yeah. Um, as we're recording right now, I have it on my TV on mute. Um, the fight, the fourth quarter of Indiana fever and New York Liberty. Um, and yeah, it looks like uh, that one's going down to the wire. Yeah. Fun. Um, so even though you're now living and working in Portland, are you going to be coming up to attend the Storm, the Seattle Storm game or two? Yes, I'm not going to make the opener, but um, but I have lots of plans to to get up there for a few games. Cool. And as you know, I'm going to the uh, Storm season opener tomorrow. Um, it's in Everett, right? Yes. Yeah, that'll be so fun. Mm-hmm. Despite them having some pretty significant injuries, I think there's still lots to be excited about for the Storm this year. Yeah, ban injuries as uh, the saying. Gosh, is. seriously. And uh, speaking of injuries, what a segue, what a way to talk uh, about Rain FC and uh, the big news that came out um, from last Saturday after the team finally got their first win on the season, beating Sky Blue FC 2-1, was the unfortunate uh, news of goalkeeper Michelle Beto's rupturing her right Achilles tendon. So she's out for the entire season. Of all of the positions, that's the most devastating to lose since there is now, until last week, there was not a single backup for Beto's. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I just think she's also had a pretty incredible start to the season. She's looked super solid. Um, And I just have to go back and point out how badass she is, where she just told the team trainer to taper up Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she wanted to keep playing. Yeah. Uh, One, obviously, because she just wanted to keep on playing. But then two, when she found out that an outfield player in Morgan Andrews was going to take her spot, she's like, nope, I'm not (laughs) going out. (laughs) Full kudos to Morgan Andrews, though. I mean, I think you and I have said she's one of our players to watch this season, and we have been proven right on that aspect because Morgan Andrews, uh, you know, played disaster goalkeeper and corralled in a uh, cross, and she won honorary NWSL Save the (laughs) Honors Week because of it. Yeah, yeah, she looked pretty confident. I think that's what Vlodko said he was really looking for was a player who seemed like they could step in and be super confident back there. And she didn't look like she had any nerves whatsoever for those few moments. She had to whip, grab across. And I loved how she was just screaming at her team to push up as if it was, as if it was like a normal part of her day. (laughs) I bet that's why she volunteered without any hesitation. Just the fact that she could get away with screaming at her teammates. (laughs) I can only imagine she um, not many midfielders get that um, license to do that to their um, teammates out on the field. So I bet that's why she was really um, gun ho about becoming the disaster keeper, just to yeah. like, scream to everyone, push up. 
so back to the game itself, uh, outside of uh, the Beto's injury, what did you think of the team's performance? You know, it's it was sort of um, feeling a little bit of a like a repeat from some of the previous games where the rain really had a lot of so much momentum to really start the match mm-hmm. and let in an unfortunate goal and you felt like that momentum sort of got deflated a little bit and they just couldn't figure out their rhythm but I thought they responded super well in the second half and were really controlling the tempo against a sky blue team that should not be discounted they are playing a lot better than they were last season yeah and um to get that second goal. And I think in particular for Jody Taylor to finally get a goal, um, what it felt like, like that kind of momentum they really needed to carry them forward during this world cup break. Mm-hmm. Um, as a, another coach in the NWSL has famously said goals change games. <laughs> and um, it was funny because when I was in the press box watching the game as it was unfolding, um, the way things were going, especially in that second half, where both teams were just basically pressing and just kind of shooting very wildly to hope that they can get a, a second goal and, you know, to try and eventually um, win out the game since both teams were entering Saturday's match um, still seeking their first win. Mm-hmm. And they were just pressing and just really just trying something slash anything uh, that will stick and work. And then I was getting, as it was getting into like the 70th minutes and beyond, I was starting to think of like what sort of questions would I was I going to ask Vlatko Andronovsky after the match, and you know the central theme that I was formulating in my head was, does it feel like this team is pressing, trying a little bit too hard to try and get a you know that go ahead possible game winning goal to try and get that first win of the season because the way things were going they were going to there was going to be another draw and then you know going to almost two months before without a win. Um, it was really going to be an up, a real uphill climb to start getting those wins, especially with the next match being against the defending champions. But, you know, finally, a little bit of luck fell on Rain FC's side. Jody Taylor gets a classic poacher's, go- poacher's goal in, right in front of the the net, and, you know, the rest of the, the narrative for the game is uh, changed. Yeah. Yeah, I thought there was so many positives from – some of the the players who didn't even score that match that make me a little more optimistic um, heading into this period where we're losing a little even more attacking power. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely been something that Rain have struggled with so far this year is just scoring goals. Yeah. And so, yeah, now we're coming in this part that everyone that follows the league, whether fan or member of the media, has been waiting for is all of the World Cup players are gone and it's a, now it's going to be a real test to see you know how good is how good is the depth on every team and we knew going in Seattle was on paper built to have the depth but then you know you lose Jasmine Spencer in opening game at Houston you lose Michelle Betos this past Saturday it's like <laughs> now they really have their work cut out but I feel optimistic based on who they've brought in in terms of national team uh, replacement players to fill out uh, the roster, being that you and I know, have uh, studied and just re- discovered that a lot of these players, Vlatko and Nanowski already know. Yeah. yeah, lots of Kansas connections, <clears throat> which <clears throat> is great. I will say, too, I have to admit, when the rain signed Ifeoma Anumanu, when I watched her in Portland, I was just not um, – 
she always looked a little unsure of herself and like she just couldn't really mesh with the style play that Portland was trying to play. Mm-hmm. But I was super impressed with her in her very limited minutes that she had with the rain last week and she had just joined the team. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm really excited to see what she can do under Vlatko and I'm sure she just feels to me like a player who just needs that really specific direction about what parts of their game they can improve on. And we might see some really exciting things from her. Yeah. It's like um, one of the very first chats you and I had with Vlad Mononovsky, where he was talking about um, making his assessments on uh, the rain squad before he actually, you know, got to meet with the players face to face. And like, he was telling some of the players, like, you know, instead of trying to do 10 things at an okayish level, do five things at a great level. And I, I, I agree with what you were saying about Onomanu because like she was a, there was a lot of energy from her coming off in those you know handful of minutes and and very active because she got a yellow card for kicking the ball out. <laughs> I love players that come in and get a yellow right away. Yeah, the, the exact <laughs> sub of like getting on the on the uh, in the books by the ref. But no, uh, yeah, it could be one of those things where um, you know just under block those guidance and directions some it all just clicks for her Mm -hmm. but um one thing that we cannot uh dismiss and i know you and i just about every rain fc fan has been waiting for this day is where all of the world cup bound players are gone and teams have to adjust accordingly without major impact players or slash their best players we get one back (laughs) Yes, the dragon. The dragon. Miss <laughs> Fishlock is back. Uh, per her tweet, looks like she arrived into town today after a couple of days off in a... Was it uh, Dubai? Look like? It looked like she was in Dubai, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that was just fresh after winning the Champions League with Lyon. Yeah, I think she, as Vlatko said in the release when the team was saying she was back, um, she's just, not only does she bring all of the technical skill and the energy and the physical presence in the midfield, but she's just in such a good state of mind mentally. And I think that's super important to have someone like her come back and be able to be such a leader for this team during this period of time. Yeah, and like you were talking about how being that, at the time of this recording, it's the first day of the WNBA season. You can tell that with a lot of the teams, being that it's the first game of the season, there's, you know, the rust from just the offseason and just everybody feeling each other in terms of like new play, new players on the team, all that stuff. But here you have Fishlock, who's pretty much in a groove ever since, um, you know, coming in straight from Lyon, coming off winning a treble for them. And then, yeah, just being able to mesh in with, a lot of the uh, core players that you know she's been playing with ever since 2013. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, just being able to provide that leadership and maybe a little bit more punch to the offense that we have that's been lacking. Yeah. I mean, I did not expect her to get as much playing time as she did in Lyon. And that just such a testament to what kind of player she is. Cause Lyon is, as we know, such a stacked team like their yeah. bench their bench could beat other teams mm-hmm. in all over the world um so i just think that experience is just going to be so valuable to this team yeah for a lot of soccer teams all over the world uh men's or women's teams 
it's a dream to be too deep at just about every position, but Leon is like almost three deep. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Golden State Warriors in terms right, of like, exactly. how scary that lineup, uh, the starters can be. And then, you know, you, you don't hear much about this, uh, the second unit, but they can be just as effective. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So um, they've said that they're going to manage Jess's workload right out, you know, initially because they don't want her to be exhausted. Exhausted, But do you think Fishlock is in the starting 11 for Monday's game? Well, my first thought when I read that quote was good luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, honestly. I do think – I think she's going to play, and whether that means she- – starts or she provides energy off the bench um I'm not certain of I have a hunch that she starts but I don't know about you yeah I think she starts um mostly because she tells him she will start (laughs) (laughs) because I mean for for if for people that may not have heard this story but there is this one uh epic story of Jess Fishlock where she was uh playing some games for Wales. Um, I think it might've been a Euro qualifier um, two or three years ago. And she was supposed to be back in time to travel with the team down to Portland, but her flight got delayed and it was just like a crazy 48 hours. And she still manages to get into Portland and plays a full 90 despite a 24 hour delay with her flight and just a bunch of, um, I can't even imagine how much of a uh, wear and tear that's got to be on your body and your mind. Yeah, I feel like she got in that same day. Yeah. And, like, walked off the plane to the field. And I remember thinking in the first half of that game, oh, she looks a little tired, and it's totally understandable. Mm -hmm. Um, But then in the second half, it was like she got this 10th wind out of nowhere, and same old Jess Fishlock running around everywhere. Yeah. So yeah, it will be, um, needless to say, uh, a very nice thing to have uh, Fishlock back in the lineup yep. and most likely instantly contributing and, you know, like we said, probably giving uh, the tech a much needed spark. Yeah, it's been, the midfield's been interesting this year. And um, even when the players were here before heading off to the World Cup, one thing Kristen McNabb's been getting some time in the midfield mm-hmm. for these last two games. And I think that, uh, and I haven't asked Vladko about this, but it really feels like there were a lot of players that were just so similar that were all world-class players, but sort of brought the same thing to the midfield. Um, and I think Fishlock brings something different, which will be great. And that's kind of why McNabb has been getting so much time because she's just a true holding midfielder gonna stay at home um you know gonna provide that defensive cover yeah uh, and that wasn't something that a lot of the other midfielders provided so it's going to be interesting just to see how the midfield gets shaked up a little bit now that Fishlock's back can really be more of a box-to-box provide the defensive and offensive link and um bring the the fun tackles we know she's capable of yep <laughs> Um, do you want to make a prediction for Monday's game, or is that still too risky for oh you? Oh my gosh, I hate these. You can say no. I'm not. Told, I'm not going to put you on the spotlight because I I don't like doing uh 
predictions. I will do it, but nobody should hold me accountable for it, which is, I feel like it's going to be close. And I'm going to say one, nothing rain. Ooh. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with you on that as well. One, nothing rain. All right. Tense. You and I are probably probably going to be ridden with anxiety in the press box. <laughs> I guess because North Carolina, they're, they're going to get their shots on goal. Oh, they have no problem getting shots off. Yeah. And um, yeah, I feel like that's the barrage is going to come, but I think somehow, some way, Rain FC uh, can keep those out of the back of the net. Yeah. It's going to be, and maybe we'll talk about this in a little bit, having a goalkeeper who's never played with the team at all. Having to jump back into goal against a team that leads the league almost all the time in shots per game. Mm -hmm. It's going to be an interesting challenge, but I think the defense is up for it. Yeah, so after the break, we will answer uh, the questions um, you folks on Twitter have sent to us, including about Rain FC's newest goalkeeper. And we're back, and now we're going to answer some of the questions that you folks sent us on Twitter. Again, the writer of the Valkyries Twitter profile is at R-O-V-A-L-K-S. And so when we announced that we were recording today, uh, we got a couple questions. Um, first and foremost, we do need to address that when we tweeted um, earlier today about the Rain FC's injury report, we mentioned how midfielder Rumi Otugi was not listed on the injury report under uh, international duty section. Um, at the time, we asked the team for clarification on that, and we were told that she was not listed on the injury report, so she could be available for selection for Monday's game, though it's been reported that Itsugi and Kumagai are scheduled to join the team in France this Monday, so in all likelihood, she uh, won't be at Cheney Stadium uh, on Monday uh, either in uniform or even as a spectator on the sidelines, like she was at Saturday's game. Yeah, it was kind of, we, we were just all surprised not to see her on there. So yeah. we went into today not thinking Rumi would be available. And then we're like, wait, what? So yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to go back to our original assumption. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the time we were thinking that it could just be one uh, a Black Dondonovsky gambit of not revealing <laughs> um, you know, his full full hand against his uh, friend and uh, rival, Paul Riley. <laughs> we need, as I was joking a little bit earlier, not on Twitter, we need to allow Paul Riley for once in his life to not think North Carolina are underdogs coming into a match, which yeah. is just silly because I'm not sure when the last time in the last two years that they've ever been considered an underdog, but Alas. It's not going to happen at this game. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, you and I and our media colleague friends have just talked about the the weirdness of that whole thing. Like, we understand it from the uh, standpoint of a sports psychology. You want to, you know, motivate your team. But it seems like you've been the best team in the league for the past two years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's an interesting mental game that I'm sure works 
well to motivate his players. So oh, yeah. good job. It, it good totally job, works. coach. Yeah, it totally works for that team and those players. I mean, you can't um, argue that it doesn't. At the same time, though, from a casual observer to NWS, so you have to, well, that's weird. But <laughs> anyways, um, first question that we got was something we can't really answer, only the team can. But the question was, do, we, do you know if video of post-match uh, press conferences will be back on YouTube? Oh, interesting. Yeah, we can definitely ask that question. I wonder if they're trying to figure out um, the logistics at Cheney around that. Maybe, because I know that they, have, uh, they do have a video camera there and they do film the press conference. Maybe they just haven't had the time to upload yeah. it onto the uh, Rain FC YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah, because I know, because Grand has only been two home games at Cheney Stadium, but the two times that I've been there and have attended the post-match press conferences, there is a video camera there, you know, they have the the backdrop with the Rain FC logo and everything, so they do film them, they probably just haven't had the time to get them all uploaded. Yeah, yep. And then... um. This is a two-part question, but I think the first part will be the most fun one for us to talk about. Give us all you have about goalkeeper Casey Murphy. Oh, yeah. So welcome to the rain, Casey Murphy. Mm -hmm. Start a game. <laughs> um, here's what I can tell folks about Casey Murphy. She was kind of a relatively unknown goalkeeper heading into college like had had a few national team youth national team call-ups here and there mm -hmm. but just showed really well at Rutgers when she was in her first few years and got called up for the U20 World Cup in 2016 which mm -hmm. is really where her stock rose quite a bit um, and I don't know for folks who didn't maybe follow the 2016 U20 World Cup when Casey Murphy was on and had, was having, playing her best, she was incredible. She's tall. She's about six feet or six feet one. Six one. Yeah. So she's got some good height. She's super athletic. Um, three years ago when I was watching her at the U20 World Cup, her like decision-making and like those gaffes that are, people are prone to when they haven't had a ton of professional time under their belt – those were definitely there, but when she was playing at her best, she was really incredible. And I know after that World Cup, a lot of people talked about her as sort of the future of women's national team goalkeeping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything you would add to that? Um, not from um, any like her involvement in the U um, twenty level because I just I don't have the knowledge on that like you do. But I just remember, you know, she was drafted by Sky Blue in 2018. No, yeah. As part of Sky Blue's uh, initiative to just draft every New Jersey-based <laughs> uh, uh, soccer player uh, from college. But then she opted to go play in France instead for Montpellier for two seasons. Um, and like you said, uh, being 6'1", she knows how to use uh, – every inch of her 6'1 uh, physique because you can find uh, highlight videos of um, what she can do on YouTube easily. But even uh, highlights from the French League, she uses uh, her space very well, can get to just about um, 
any corner kick uh, with very little resistance from any other player, you know, going up in the air with her. And like you said, like all goalkeepers, there are games where she can um, be on the business end of a, of a route. I mean, there's one highlight package you can find from the French League last season where Paris Saint-Germain, you know, scores four on her. Though I would argue maybe only one of those, it's one of the goals that she conceded she, you know, could have done better. Mm-hmm. But for those that uh, aren't in the know, uh, the PSG women's team just as dangerous as the PSG men's team. Right, right. Yeah. They can give Lyon a run for their money every here, every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But they got their, Monte got their revenge on them, I think, like a couple weeks later in that season because they beat them 3-0. Nice. Yeah. And, and wasn't Murphy the French League player goalkeeper of the year her first year? Yes. Yeah. She won a goalkeeper of the year honors as voted by the uh, French football media. And you can actually find also on YouTube a video of um, an interview that they did at the award ceremony. And you can just hear her talk about, you know, how she's adapting to playing uh, in top flight in France and, you know, just get a little bit of read on her personality. But uh, I think it's been, it was a fantastic pickup for the rain. This was even before the unfortunate injury to Michelle Betos. And we do want to wish Michelle Betos all the best in her recovery. Absolutely. I've, it's been amazing to see coaches, players, fans of every team weighing in. I mean, she's just such a beloved person. Um, yeah. And it shows in how many people are wishing her so much luck and saying if, out of anyone in the world, they know Betos is going to come back stronger than ever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, prior to last Saturday's game, when they announced that uh, <laughs> or they confirmed that the the team had signed Casey Murphy, the question was, how are they going to rotate three starting caliber goalkeepers? This is basically when, after the World Cup, when Lydia Williams comes back. And then, well, you know, obviously fast forward to after Saturday, then we find out, you know, on Monday, the news about Betos. And now all of a sudden that move to sign Casey Murphy is – uh, all the all the valuable yeah yeah and so and then in the last few days obviously because Betos is injured they needed a backup to the backup mm-hmm. so we now have scout watson yes um whose twitter handle is girl underscore scout is that right yes what a fantastic twitter handle yeah she There's must have been in on in from the from the early days on yeah. Twitter. Two underscores to, uh, on that handle. One between mm-hmm. girl and scout. Then the, the second underscore is afterwards scout. But still, shout out to her to staking uh, claim to that handle because it could have been easily been picked up by the Girl Scouts of America as you know just to protect all of their you know bases in terms of, like things that could possibly derive from uh, Girl Scouts of America, but. Kudos to her for securing that one. Yeah, and she's another um, Kansas City native, so of course, I assume that she had some time under Vladko when he was there. Yeah, and Watson, uh, Watson had been uh, training with the team or been with the team since yep. the season. So I think when we uh, knew the news about Betos, you and I had talked about, oh, they're likely going to sign Scott Watson because yep. it's the most logical thing to do. And it was funny in the press release, they said it's na- it was natural for us to sign. Like, of course. 
Yep. <laughs> so yeah, Casey Murphy is going to be thrown into the fire facing against North Carolina on Monday, but it's not like she's a spring chicken or chopped liver. Come, you know, she's coming into this league or returning to this league with two years of top flight uh, European football under her belt and only at 23. Yep. Yeah. So I'm pretty con- optimistic that she can handle herself pretty well. And she's playing in front of a back four that, you know, has familiar with each other. They, you know, function cohesively. They're in sync for most of the part the season. And then, you know, you're, you're getting just Jess Fishlock back to help communicate <laughs> or scream at people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely going to be a challenge, but uh, North Carolina has quite a few folks, um, quite a few players out, so um, perhaps aren't going to be bombarded as much as they could have been this match with shots and runs. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of uh, another player with Kansas City Connections, Rain signed another player um, this week as a national team replacement player, um, Addison Steiner. How does Vlaco know so many Kansas City people? Interestingly, when this announcement happened, she's been playing um, in Sweden's top league yeah. um, and, and has had a lot of success playing there since she um, graduated in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, but interestingly, I was going back to do a little research on her and she got called into Reigns preseason camp in 2017, um, which was a year when I think they had like two or three spots available. So, and they had four draft picks that year. So really hard year to even make the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, but interest, I didn't, I didn't make that connection initially until I was looking at that. So um she she went went from preseason camp with the rain um and then I was watching a video where she was talking about she played with the rain reserves for a little while and then went played with Kansas City reserves under Vlatko before she got this professional deal in Sweden so um luckily she's been playing professional soccer and is just jumping into a new environment so brings a little more uh attacking power and some awesome pink hair Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, if you check out her Instagram, you can see uh, her awesome hair. But it was also in, on her Instagram, there's a photo of her with her dad where he's wearing a Rain FC cap. Yeah, it's like, how long have they been talking to her? <laughs> yeah, well, being that, you know, we found out in, you know, doing a little bit of research about Steiner, we got, there is the Kansas City connection. And it just you makes makes me wonder like when she was playing for the development team for FC Kansas City, it's probably one of those things where Vodka was saying, "Look, you know, if you can get onto a team somewhere else, let me know, then I'll keep tabs on you." Yeah, yeah, and I found um, the team she played for in Sweden. I'm not going to even say it right, but Orebro is okay. Okay. But wh- however you actually say that. Um, uh, they said that she's just on a two-month loan, which would make a lot of sense since she's a national team replacement player. So, but you know, if she proves herself, maybe there's some negotiation that happens with the rain after that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's uh, a loan, there's probably another fan base out in the vast land of NWSL saying, "Oh, so you can complete loan moves." Yeah. Sorry, yeah. don't tell other teams in the league. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, given that particular team's track record when it comes to um, transactions, I don't know, maybe yeah, there's something more to it in, in the sense of like, well, maybe the Rain are just better at doing these sorts of things. Yeah, you know, the Rain, as folks know, they're not connected to the to MLS and that's people have been sort of critical of that component saying, you know, they don't get as many resources, but kudos to Bill and Teresa Predmore because they've been able to get so many um, negotiations and deals done to get players, um, top flight, world-class players, but also players that fill in, fill in in a pinch like this. And that's not something every team's been able to do. And says a lot about the ownership here. Yeah. Um, you know, I think one of these days, based on how many players, whether they're signed to the first team or just another team replacement players, we should ask Waka one of these days, since like all these players seem to have a Kansas City connection to, to him, we should just ask him, like go through the list and just tell him, like have him tell us a little bit about each player. I mean, we'd probably be talking to him for like six hours. <laughs> but I feel like yeah, but it'd be interesting to see how much he's been keeping a tab on them and stuff because he knew them years ago. Yeah. I mean, I just think about when we were talking with JC Johnson last season, you know, she was saying like, yeah, Vlocker and I have been talking since, you know, I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, you know, eventually brings her over and they were patient with her recovery from the ACL. And so, yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun conversation. Um, let's look ahead to the rest of this weekend's NWL games. Um, let's take turns making predictions for those games. Now, I'm not going to ask for score lines. We're just going to. I'll just simply ask you, who do you think is going to win that match, or if it's going to be a draw? Okay, that's fair. I can yeah. do that. So. Tomorrow you have New Jersey hosting uh, Sky Blue SC, sorry, hosting Portland Thorns. Ooh. I think as much as I feel great about how much New Jersey Sky Blue has in, has improved, mm-hmm. I feel like Portland is due for a win and they might pull that one out. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Portland gets that uh, victory over Sky Blue because their previous meeting, yeah, it was a 2-2 draw. Yeah, and I think, yeah, Portland had to come from behind too. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm more and more, especially since Sky Blue is losing Estelle Johnson, which is so exciting for her that she gets to represent Cameroon in the World Cup, but yeah. I'm a little more and more con- concerned about their back line. Mm-hmm. And I think with Sky Blue, it's something that head coach Denise Reddy was talking about um, last Saturday after the game against Rain FC. It was like she felt their team had the chances to close the game against Rain, but they just didn't take those chances or yeah. be able to finish those chances. And I would like to see them, if they do get the lead on Portland uh, this weekend, to uh, close it out. It'd be great to see it. But I don't know. I. Yeah, I just think Portland's going to walk away with that one with the victory. I'd love to be wrong, though. Yeah. <laughs> I have no problem. I, I'm used to, I've, I've lived a life of being wrong. So. <laughs> um, next up, you have Utah hosting Orlando. Oh, man. I, 
just don't have faith at all in Orlando right now. So I'm going with Utah. Yeah, I'm going with Utah. It, it's no disrespect to Orlando, but that team, I mean, there needs to be an overhaul. One, they need to get a midfield, but. They need a midfield so desperately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on to Sunday. There's only one game on Sunday. You have Chicago hosting Washington. Oh, this is going to be a fun one, I think. Um, Washington's really been pretty impressive to me in the players that are remaining for the, from the World Cup. Um, I'm going to go – Chicago's obviously playing the best in the league right now, but I'm going to go with a draw. Hmm. Um, I'll go with you on that. Yeah, I think it, it's going to be a draw. I think it's going to be a fun one. It's not going to be a scoreless draw. Yeah, I mean, I know – like. Yuki Nagasato is really the playmaker for Chicago, and she's not going anywhere, but they don't have Sam Kerr anymore. So they're going to have to have other players step up for goals. Um, So it could be a fun one. Yeah. And so, yeah, that does it. That's it for this weekend's games. I mean, obviously on Monday, you have Rain FC hosting North Carolina Courage, and you and I have gone on the record and going with a 1-0 Rain FC victory. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers, fingers, toes, anything <laughs> else you can cross. Um, is there anything else you would like to talk about on this episode? No, except for I'm realizing we're like two weeks away now from the World Cup, which is super exciting despite FIFA's continued verts. <laughs> um, you, would you like to get on a rant about... Uh, <laughs> I don't need to rant the, again. The fiasco. <laughs> I don't need to rant again. I'm actually just super excited. There's some fun teams that are getting their first or second big looks at the World Cup. Um, and I, I I, really hope this is a year we really talk about the talent on the field and don't have to go as hard on narratives around lack of resources or mistakes because there's a lot of really um, incredible players to watch this World Cup. Yeah. Quickly. Pick a t- uh, team that you think could be the most surprising, just like overachieve and just be like, whoa, where did this come from? Mm. Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I think that people would, might be surprised to see Cameroon advance over out of the group stage and they could be a lot, a lot of fun and a surprise just in um, how they progress. Mm-hmm. How about you? Um, I told you this last night. I don't know if you caught my message because it was late at night. But I did, but I'll let you say it. You know what? I, I, I'm going to put uh, China as my team that could be like a complete shock to everybody and that I think they could make it out of the group as the second place team. I China would be fun too. They've been, I think China in years past has been, you know, a little bit more of like the conversation about top teams, but they've definitely dropped and are well under the radar. So um, I think that's a great one to pick. Yeah. I, yeah. Part of my logic behind it is just nobody, I don't think many people know anything about them. Um, and it was just really fascinating that one time, uh, 
2015 where they came to Seattle to play against the rain mm. and they used that as their one of their warm-up games for the World Cup. Yeah, because they had like not played on turf at all that year. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> and I thought, well, I guess if one way to get used to turf would be to play it on the world's crappiest turf surface. <laughs> it can that only game, go from up. It can only that game was really, really, really fun to watch. As it a, was as an observer. Yeah. Yeah, it was just fascinating just to see a a completely unknown team and then how they were adjusting to an environment they'd never played in before. And yeah, so I don't know, maybe China could be that team that can just come out of nowhere and be like, oh, maybe I have the group with Germany. That's a solid pick. Yeah, I'm scrolling through this. Oh, so Cameroon is in the group with Canada, New Zealand, and Netherlands. Yeah, they're in a hard group. They are in a hard group. You know what? It could, stranger things have happened. It could happen. You know, Canada right now isn't scoring a lot of goals. They're playing mm-hmm. good defense in their most recent front lanes, but they're not scoring a ton. So, you know, Cameroon, this team with like total chaos and a lot of attacking um, power could sneak one by it's someone like Canada. Yeah. Well, Canada only scores when Christine Sinclair wants to. Yeah. Well, I she's been playing like she wants to score goals lately. So I'm yeah. excited to see what she can do in the World Cup. It's as if she's chasing a record. Maybe. (laughs) Anyways, that'll do it for this episode of Coffee and Valkyries. Susie, I will see you in a couple days in the press box at Cheney Stadium. Looking forward to it. Thank you for listening, everyone. 